You know, honestly, since that last episode, I have wrote wrote down a solid twenty possibilities for the Rumble Dumble Jam. Every one of them has Little Mac. Yes, <laughs> and winning. <laughs> Fuck Little Mac. Bri- Brian, did did you did you tell Josh or Andy what Rumble Dumble actually means in the Urban Dictionary? Oh no, I don't want to know. Like not 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 because I'm afraid, but I I don't want to actually know. Like a real thing. I just want it to be. This oh no! You want to. You, you want to know. You want to know. Yeah, do I? You do. You do. I didn't realize it was an actual thing. Neither did I. I just searched Rumble Dumble Jam and I saw that like our podcast came up as like the number one result. And I was like, <laughs> oh serious? fucking sweet! And then the, the second result was what Rumble Dumble is in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Turns out a Rumble Dumble is the result. Of having a baby with an earthquake. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That wait. is legit like what the, the Urban like Dictionary the, says. The earthquake was one of the yes. reproducing partners in that yes. relationship? Yes. That is a rumble dumble. It's used that in a sentence a like this. Dumble. I was having a good time with that earthquake until I came. Now I may have a rumble <laughs> double to deal with. <laughs> Alright, now here's the obvious question. Do you think Ian knew that before he seemingly so, like spontaneously spit it out? I I texted the screenshot that Mike sent me to Ian. Yeah. Because the best part of this is it's posted by anti Mike. <laughs> <laughs> like it is from like twenty eleven or something. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. It's even further back. What? Rumble Dumble goes back to two thousand four. So this isn't some shit that I made up. So I texted that to Ian. I said, "I assume your alias is Anti Mike." This seems like mm-hmm. a definition you'd, you, definition you'd make up. He said, yeah. "You got me. I've been playing this Rumble Double joke for fourteen years." <laughs> He's just been waiting for his opportunity. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm looking what? at the screenshot, Mike. I noticed that it has like the like dislike option. Yeah. It only has four dislikes. There are no likes for Rumble Dumble. <laughs> <laughs> four likes and zero dislikes. Or four dislikes and zero likes. Right, correct. And then when I pointed out to Ian that the I thought it was him because of the anti-Mike username. Yeah. I said, oh, I'm going to have to message anti-Mike and tell him to post negative definitions of Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Brag Guy and the Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Mike Bradley. Hello. And finally, Josh Zorch. Teachers, grab your spell bags. We will find this freaking troll, and we will kick its freaking ass. Should I know Does anybody from? get that? <laughs> If you don't know what that is from, then we need to be better friends, and we're going to schedule another movie day really soon. Son of a bitch. I think I'm out of the loop. Anybody? Any takers? Andy? Mike? I'm not even going to tell you what it's from. I'm going <laughs> to let that... I'm going to leave that to the listeners. 
chime in <laughs> on the uh, comment section, and those who can identify it without Googling it are now my best friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How are you going to know if they don't Google it? Uh, because wizard integrity. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, mixed up quotes really fuck with my brain. <laughs> oh, God damn. If you, I'm talking, okay, so seriously, if you don't know what it's from, um, and it doesn't sound familiar enough, you might have seen where it came from uh, before, but if it doesn't sound familiar, I'm telling you, we are going to literally schedule something. It's going on the calendar. You guys are going <laughs> to freaking love it. Fair enough. We'll see if anybody actually comments on this. Is this, like, a major, like, something I should be, like, ashamed of myself about right now that I'm not remembering, or what? No, but you will hate yourself a little later after seeing it, if if you're not familiar with it, because you'll be angry that you have gone so long without exploring and experiencing the happiness of it. I think you've, you've hyped this up pretty much now. Oh, that's Man, fine. That's fine. I, th- this is yeah. This is something that d- it, it it never disappoints to the to to someone who's not seen it before. Can, can we get something like an answer in the messages so it's not on <laughs> the show? He can tell us after we're done recording if he wants to give okay. it away. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe he might he might play it too close to the chest for that. <laughs> uh, all right. So on tap for this episode, we will be talking about the latest trailer for the next movie in the Wizarding Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, and since this is a Harry Potter-centric episode, before we dive right in, I do want to make it a point to intro Josh's Harry Potter intro clip, The Magic Minute. Oh, hell yeah. So, it's definitely going to be longer than a minute, and the intro tells you that when we do it, but we have this. It's always fun to use. It's awesome, so we're going to throw it in right now. Hello, wizards, squibs, and muggles alike. It's time for a Magic Minute, where we talk about Harry Potter for as long as we need to. If you're thinking, hey, that's not a minute then, well, you can stick it up your whomping willow. All right, so we're going to get all Harry Pottered out today. Um, after I posted this trailer on the Facebook page, I actually didn't think Josh would want to watch this. He's been <laughs> hiding from most movie trailers and marketing lately yeah. for some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't sure if he was actually going to do this or go in completely cold, but I guess you couldn't help yourself and it, it got the better of you. Uh, that, okay. So that's a fair question. I, I, <laughs> and I thought about it and two, two reasons that, that I, that I did watch it. Um, number one, yes, sure. Sheer curiosity was too strong in this case. Um, but I thought about it a little, a little longer and I think it occurred to me that like, some some of the other things I've been trying to avoid, um, which I've still done so far. So I got six weeks left. Um, and thank God for for Avengers. Thank God they moved it up one more week. So it's one less week that I have to try to avoid things. Um, I haven't basically taken in any media on that whatsoever. Trailers, previews. Tomorrow's uh, gonna be a fun day to keep your head in the sand. So we should really yeah. start a, a tag Josh campaign in everything <laughs> Avengers. Oh, don't make it worse. <laughs> Oh, that's how uh, that's that's how you get on the dick list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, some other things were um, like uh, I saw the first Ready Player One trailer, and then I didn't watch anything else. Um, and and so what what I realized I was doing was if I if I had source material already, uh, like in the case of Avengers, there's obviously like 19 movies before it. I already know somewhat what it's culminating to. Um, with Ready Player One, I already read the book, so I, I I didn't want preconceptions of 
what I was about to see, because I already knew. With uh, Fantastic Beasts, as we've said in past episodes, you know, we don't have to beat that horse dead again, is there is no source material. It's all brand new. So while I could go in completely cold and be as surprised as possible, um, whatever I do see, like, I'd, I'd, I'd like to kind of get a little taste of it. Um, okay. it, it's not going to necessarily, like, what we're going to do here is exactly kind of what I think, you know, you guys end up doing on your Star Wars trailer episodes. Um, kind of going through it beat by beat, you know, dissecting the scenes, looking at the imagery, um, analyzing some of the words that are used and, and the voiceovers, any of the monologues. Um, but it, it, it at least just gives an opportunity to, uh, just take wild guesses at things and, you know, let's, let's infer, um, but I, I I don't think there's as much of an opportunity to have any major things spoiled for you, like for yourself in advance, because you don't you don't have anything to compare it against yet, right? I don't have the second book, The Crimes of Grindelwald, to think about. Oh, I don't want to see that moment here yet, and I I don't I don't want to know what this creature is going to look like or or what this character may do in that moment or or you know it. it there, there's nothing for me to judge it against. So what, what I will do, honestly, I will probably after this, I'll try to avoid as much as I can. Okay. Um, because I do like, I, I found the last like six months, I do like being very surprised is, is a very overused word in this you know context, but it is nice fresh. lately. Yeah. Like going just completely blind, so to speak, and just fresh and not... There's definitely, after being inundated with media for the last like 10, 12 years in regards to films, and a lot of it was, you know, I sought it out in in a lot of ways, but um, it has been really refreshing to not have those trailer beat moments that you're waiting for or those good punchlines that were used in a trailer. Um, If you don't know those moments are coming, there are some moments I think only like especially a joke that only work really well in a trailer. Yeah. And once you even see it on screen, um, after that, it, it definitely loses a lot of the, the effect. But if you never saw it in the first place, it works really, really well still in the film as a whole. Um, so I'm going to try to continue that for a while. See what, see how long I can go with it. Yeah. I think I've, I've had the, I've had this occur to me a couple of times, I think just from watching trailers, whereas you watch a trailer and if it's for a movie that I really, really want to see, I'll watch the trailer multiple times. And then I'll get to a point where I remember certain things from the trailer and I'll be watching the movie going, okay, when is this part going to happen? I haven't seen this part yes. yet. When is this going to yes. happen? And like, that kind I'll, of stuff isn't, isn't it? Especially when... Then you're watching Rogue One and the TIE fighter never raises right. up to meet Jin on the platform and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. That looked cool as shit. And, and there's a lot of stuff like that where the final final cut of the movie is different than what they put in some of the marketing and then you're really confused as to what the hell movie they marketed and what you got in the final final cut mm-hmm. so there's always that too but i don't know i i've done pretty well with star wars movies i think i i watched the first trailer maybe the second and then cut myself off i feel like i wanted to try to do that with avengers and now that we've been hyping there's another trailer hitting tomorrow it'll be out by the time this podcast is posted uh I, I am trying really hard to psych myself up into trying to avoid it. If, I think if you can make it through the first 24 hours and not watch it, you're okay. But it's going to be very, very I, difficult when it's everywhere. See, as I, I said, 
I will happily be the lab rat, and I will tell you guys <laughs> it's safe, and there's no like major spoilers or anything like that in the trailer, and you can go ahead and watch it, Fair or right. if you should avoid it. Yeah, I might need that. Because um, I, 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 I don't have the willpower on that one. <laughs> like, ten years in the making, any snippets and crumbs that they're giving me, I'm just going to eat them right up. Brian, I would say, honestly, it's not... Like, yeah, it's... Oh, it's everywhere, depending on, like, what websites you go to on a regular basis. or <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, it's, no, it's granted, <laughs> granted, but... Honestly, yes, same thing with the first trailer. Like, was it embedded on a lot of people's news feeds? And as I scrolled down, was it was it there? It is, but it's 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 more avoidable than you would think it, it is just the willpower to go past it you you do have to oh, like yeah. stop like it, it it's not like oh i i scrolled down for two seconds and oh no now i can't escape this video so either <laughs> i have to close this web page or do a thing like no just keep going it'll go away um so yeah it's just willpower if, if you can get past it like you said for like the first day or two uh you'll be fine josh i, I do think is... we need to open some sort of support group for stuff like this <laughs> the spoiler free culture you'd find marketing is actually much more avoidable if you actually try it's not it seems inescapable you still um, have to press play yeah like to some degree like like for, for we're we're always inundated with stuff but it is easier to avoid like a particular thing than one might think Andy, I want to get you in. Are you avoiding or watching the Avengers trailer when it drops tomorrow? Uh, probably avoiding. I haven't seen Black Panther yet, so I don't want to be okay. spoilers mm. from that. Yeah, I think there will probably be less spoilers than you'd think for Black Panther. Well, but, I mean, I, but I like the I'm result. the lab rat. I will tell you. <laughs> I will inform you whether it's okay or not. I will tag all three of you. If you're okay to watch it. If you don't get tagged, you probably shouldn't watch the trailer. That's that's a good, that's a solid rule to go with. I like that. Um, Andy, Andy, I would say you better hurry up and get to Black Panther before it's out of theaters, but I don't think that's happening for a while. <laughs> the, the damn thing might still be in theaters as Avengers comes as out. As long as it's making above $20 million a week, they're going to keep it in the theater yeah. without it. Yeah, I didn't think I was in danger of missing it. <laughs> not not yet, you're not. We'll, you know, we'll let you know. Uh, like, uh, but for now, I think you got at least another three weeks to get there. My uh, movie theater that actually Sarah, Sarah and I just got done at, we put our two weeks in, to, and we're, we're done now. Um, but uh, I think this past week, so I think fr Friday maybe of last week, or the schedule we're on right now that concludes today, I believe. I think we're finally getting rid of Jumanji. Oh yeah, Jumanji's hung around a long time. That has not happened. No, Keeps I mean, making money. Still right, in the top that's, ten. That's the yeah. strange part is like that used to happen all the time. Jumanji like, comes out on video on Tuesday. Like, yeah, actual physical yeah. disc yeah, yeah. on video on Tuesday. Yeah, you can rent it right now on Amazon. Digital, yeah. I mean the the turnaround cycle had a lot to do with that, but it is really rare that a movie hangs on in theaters for more than five weeks anymore. Yeah. And I mean, it used to be like easy, like four to five months. Things would be out if it still, you know, kind of performed well. Um, so just like three months for it to hold on is pretty exceptional. And I, I think Black Panther potentially has that kind of staying power as well. Um, I think that'll, obviously be fueled by a lot of repeat viewings at that point i don't think there's too many people left i mean the things crossed like one point something billion at least 
worldwide. Yeah, so it's it's in the low one billion yeah. range. So I, still... I, there's probably not that many people, low percentage of people who would see it who haven't yet. But uh, a lot of repeat viewings could have that hanging around. I mean, I really think pretty it's close smart. to April twenty seventh. I think it's smart for them to keep it in the theater up through when Avengers releases, because I think there's probably some people that will want to see Black Panther again before seeing Infinity War. I would love to do a double yeah. feature day. Well, th- that's, like, if that... they threw it out there that you could go from one, not leave the theater unless yeah. you wanted to go get popcorn or something, and the just next go right one in, run right after it. I've seen. I, I think it was for that. AMC or something is is hyping all Marvel MCU movies in a marathon, 31 or some hours worth of stuff leading up to Infinity War. That sounds not, not fun. long enough. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> when the break is or when you got a nap, but yeah, it's a thing that's going to happen. I, I just mean 31 hours? Uh, like, is that all there really is with 18 movies? I might have had the... I, I uh... was pulling possibly the number No, one. I've seen 31. I seen because somebody else is doing a thirty-one-hour thing. Okay, and I think that's without Black Panther. Okay, well, still, you figure they, they've all got to be a, they've all got to be at least two hours. They're all in that range, a couple minutes. So thirty, take. right? But a thirty, so eighteen movies times two hours is thirty-six hours at least. And some of the longer ones will make up for the others that are clocking in at like right around one fifty-eight or yeah, two hundred five. Like Winter Soldiers, a good two two hours and twenty. Same with Civil War, same with the first Avengers. So, th- I don't know. So, maybe I'm throwing out the wrong number. I thought it was in the 30s somewhere when I saw... No, I seen 31 as well. Okay. Like, I remember seeing the same number, and it just kind of surprised the hell out of me. Like, 31? That's it? Well, let, let me let me ask this of the group. Uh, so, like, a- Andy, what is the longest you would say you have, like, consecutively sat for a movie session? Whether it was in a theater or at home, kind of doing a marathon day... With, like, reasonable breaks in between and whatnot, like, what what would you say is your, just, like, consecutive go-through? Uh, probably Lord of the Rings. So about, like, like 12, 13, 14 hours? Yeah, something like that. Okay, you guys? For me, I can tell you it was the day before Force Awakens. Okay. Um, it was just all six Star Wars movies. Okay. Um, whatever that adds up to. Were they <laughs> like was know, there like, was there like significant full... time in between or was it like twenty minutes in between each one and there, there was just like mostly back to back? Yeah, pretty back to back. Like it, it was um, maybe like an hour break for dinner, so I could go and mm-hmm. cook and then come right back. Okay, but that would be about it. Okay, Brian, and I'm not oh, even sorry. sure about that. Uh, I mean, Lord of the Rings is probably the longest I've done. I've done s- some Star Wars movies. I haven't done all six in one viewing because I don't think mm-hmm. anybody would want to sit with me for that long and watch all those. <laughs> Most I could do is four or five with someone and never, f- never actually finish all six. Um, mm, all right. So yeah, probably the extended Lord of the Rings will probably adds up time wise longer t- than five Star Wars movies. So I'd have to say that one. I have right. to retract my statement since I mean, and it's sad that I'm retracting this on a Harry Potter episode. But I have done the eight Harry Potters back to back. Aha, so that was going to be my answer, and uh, also as a way of swinging us back to the topic, which is <laughs> uh, last year, the Row House in, in Pittsburgh, uh, they, they, I don't know if they did it again, I think they did. Um, they started like a two week, they call it like Harry Potter like festival, and they had a lot of like event programming and movie screenings, of course, but they had a 24 hour 
uh, movie viewing ticket you could buy. And it was all eight, kind of back-to-back, with a, a, a bit of time in between some of them. Um, and s- some were shorter, some were more significant, but it was midnight to midnight. So we went down on, like, a Friday... Well, Friday... Saturday at midnight. So starting Saturday, starting at midnight, was when Sorcerer's Stone started. And we were at the theater for 24 hours. With, like, little breaks for... Like bathroom in between and some little activities in the hall and and beer port next door. Uh, after like the second or third movie, there was like a breakfast break for yeah maybe like forty five minutes to an hour and then dinner break later and whatnot. But that was the longest <laughs> I've ever done. Did you guys sleep or you up the whole time? I I feel like we both slept at certain points. Um, we tried. I mean the not the the got a little the, fire. <laughs> no, actually, me. So what what had happened was. We had intended to come home from work on that Friday and try to take a nap for a few hours, um, get up around like 1030, head down to Lawrenceville. But of course, you know, best laid plans like anytime. It's like the night before you have to like go on a plane trip, like inevitably you get home and there's more that you find that you need to take care of than you thought. And so we didn't really get to bed until maybe like 830 nine o'clock so we got like maybe an hour ish like of good kind of solid sleep um and so and we had been up since like 6 a.m uh had like a regular work day and then we go to the row house and i made it all the way through uh sorcerer's stone uh i slept through pretty much all of chamber of secrets (laughs) Uh, because at that point it was like it's the three... second longest movie. It's a good one to do it to. Yeah, it was like three in the morning, like between like three and five thirty in the morning, and then I was sad because I was still tired and I missed <laughs> probably half, like intermittently half of Prisoner of Azkaban, which is oh. ar- arguably like my like probably it's my favorite. second, <laughs> yeah, like second made, second or third made out of the whole series. Um, I feel like after that I was pretty awake for the rest of of the day. Um, because then the sun was up and we got to like go outside every couple hours. We had snacks, we had drinks and everything. So we we were pretty good to go after that. But no, I, there were some people that I think made it the whole time. Um, no, I could not do that. So when I think about quickly, I'll just end with this. When I think about the idea of doing even 31 hours, even if it's Marvel, um, and it's gotta be way longer than that. It just, the math doesn't add up, but yeah. If uh, I, I I can't conceive of doing anything longer than that, but we uh, my honest guess is that that's thirty one hours minus Black Panther and Thor, the last, like uh, minus Black Panther it, and Ragnarok. Maybe yeah, if it's and, minus two movies, I could maybe see that. Yeah, that would be but, my guess. Is minus those two, thirty one hours. I could do if I get some sleep in the middle. Like if they pause <laughs> it, <laughs> you know, like after Ultron, if they're like, okay, nap time. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Good. If I had like a three day weekend and I did like Friday, phase one Friday, phase two Saturday, maybe start phase three Saturday, finish phase three Sunday, like maybe, but that's that's just too damn long. Yeah, I don't think when... there's any reason to do it continuous. I think if you break that up over <laughs> a weekend, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I would say when Brian posted that, you know, you could watch like all the movies yeah. in a row and get to Infinity War, Amy and I started trying to do it week to week. Yep. After week three, like on the third week, I want to say it was like 
So the third week would have been what Thor. Um, um, well, if you went by Brian's schedule, yeah. Uh, Iron Man 2, actually, not Thor. Yeah. Right? No, his right. his schedule was Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor. I think well, I put no, Cap they... before Thor. No, 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 no. Incredible Hulk. Iron, Man, Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, Cap, Thor, right. Cap, yeah. No, no, no. So Cap no, before Cap, Thor. Thor Cap, leads into Thor, Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay, so whatever it was, we got to the third weekend, and we were gonna like try and do it week to week, and we just kind of wound up that whole weekend just watching the rest of the movie. It just was like, so that just happened. Whoops, blew your load <laughs> yeah, like, too soon. Yeah, what, and it's okay because now I have a chance to do it again. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, all right, so I'm gonna steer us back around because we have been talking probably for a good. I don't know, 20 minutes, and we've yet to talk about this trailer. <laughs> this is what you get in a magic minute, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think it's uh, safe to say these, all three of these guys are probably bigger Harry Potter fans than me. And that's not to say I'm not, but maybe as, as blasphemous as it sounds, I've only ever seen the movies. I have not read the books. Um, so I'm going to hand the reins over to Josh. I'm going to let him lead this <laughs> since he might have a better idea to tell us what to focus on, what to pay attention to in this trailer. So, Josh, this is all you. Ah, sweet. Captain of the ship. That's right. Um, So what I was going to do is uh, just kind of walk through the trailer. Um, uh, But before we do that, um, I would say, is there... So I'm assuming everybody watched the trailer at least once? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so I'm going to describe every scene for you. And all the characters and, like, what they look like and what they're saying, how they're standing... (laughs) <laughs> their lapels alright so it opens with a green screen that is a uh, message from the MPAA telling us <laughs> that the trailer is rated okay okay okay, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. he just took our dick we... move and raised it one dick move <laughs> yeah, yeah no like he, he went dick move like dick move plus ten that's a touche Josh touche <laughs> um so was was there anything that we had like talked about previously when we had talked about like in, in prior episodes we had talked about some casting news and just like general news about the movie and and stuff um so was there anything based on on that or just like your impressions from the first fantastic beast movie that like your wishes about um moments or characters that you you know had hoped would show up and the trailer confirmed that they are there uh any storylines that you think so like what basically like what before you would have watched it um was was there anything that the trailer did show you that you were generally happy to see like before we like like dissect what that could mean and who those people are etc was there anything that you were anticipating and you were hoping would be included that you like was confirmed by what you saw Yes, definitely. Okay, uh, anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, I was really looking forward to and hoping that uh, Jacob would come back, and uh, the trailer definitely um, showed that he was. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I agree. I would say my only point, like I would say at this, Mark, would be that I, I, I kind of wish the trailer featured a little more Jacob. Yeah, 
Um, but, but I, I, think... I kind of get the gist of like where it, not the where, where it's going, but like obviously the emphasis isn't as much on that. I'm guessing. Yeah, it didn't look like the trailer was too um, humor uh, oriented as it was. Uh, um, oh, I don't know, mystery oriented. Mm, okay. And I think Jacob really plays to the humor part of the Fantastic Beasts. That's I'm true. I'm also That's on true. board with less Jacob being a good thing in the trailer because I want, being that he plays to the humor, I don't want the things that are humorous in a movie spoiled for me. Right. Like, I want them okay. to be natural. You know, I don't want to see them coming. Too many movies go put a trailer out and the funniest things that happen in the movie are all in the trailer. Right. And I don't want that. And Jacob is going to be the funniest part of this movie. We know that already. So let's keep that in the movie and out of the trailer. I'm all for that. I mean, considering okay. he has like two lines in this trailer and pretty much stole the trailer for me. <laughs> he asks a Fair. question and he gets real excited that he's going to go somewhere. And that's enough for me. I'm like, Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like I did a fist pump when I saw him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it also looks like Queenie's going to be in it. Yeah. Yes. Of course. I was happy that's to see her and, and Tina. I, I kind of hope that Tina gets to keep like an elevated, like integral role. Um, I, I think I in the first movie I ended up being surprised, um, by just how important and pivotal, uh, that like her and Queenie were. I guess I, I mm-hmm. my preconceptions would they would that they would be somewhat like supporting but kind of ancillary characters. Um, and I I really dug that actress and, and her portrayal of that character, like what she created out of it. Um, so I, I hope she's not like, I, I hope those characters are not now like pushed to the background, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. It'll be interesting to see how, because from what I gather from the trailer, I think things are taking place in Europe. So it'll be yes. interesting to see how, at least because uh, it was, it was cool how they got um, Newt to America Mm-hmm. You know, how they, they played that whole plot out in the first movie. It'll be cool to see how they get uh, Queenie, Tina, and Jacob to Europe. Like, why they're okay. there and what they're there for. I think that's Good point. a pretty interesting thing to well, see how that plays out in the movie. And we know at least a portion of it is going to take place in France. Right. Um, so that's that's something to take note of is this. Not necessarily England. We may run into bow battens here at some point. Um, yeah. And that, Which you know would, what, that could come up in something else, a, a, a trailer beat that we'll get to later. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, yeah, what about you guys? Any, I, any... I, I think it's an interesting dynamic, shifting from something where people expected most of this franchise to take place in the U.S. Now it seems like this trailer at least focuses a lot on what's happening at Hogwarts and what's happening it could, yeah. in Europe. Yeah, and I I, I I like the idea that I I think I heard like after the first movie especially that not not that significant or longer portions like might take place in a setting at Hogwarts or within England, but a lot of the like the geography is gonna move around. The the the, yeah. the storyline, the overall like five movie arc that they're going for from what I think i can extrapolate from like past known harry potter lore if you will 
is is that like by nature of the arc it will be taking place in many different locations yeah and i would say that's you know as simple as like we know that they have custody if you will of grindelwald in the u.s and that they're not going to just turn him over or (laughs) you know hand him off just like the FBI wouldn't or anybody. I mean, they want their criminal, they want their, their prize. So we at least see what looks like a trial of some sort happening with Grindelwald. And we have to assume that part takes place in the U S. So where does it go from there? Does Grindelwald escape? Does he, what, what happens? Yeah. After. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see the, uh, governing magical communities, doing their politics we'll see if it's any different Mm -hmm. than like european or uh american regular politics are you know like the muggle interpol reacting with the fbi right right except you know makusa and um, ministry of magic so that'll be pretty interesting too yeah it's uh it's that's a good point that made me think something that when, when you watch when you watch the trailer if you pay attention to the title cards that they use at various points I almost got the impression that they're trying to like rebrand this series as Wizarding World with subtitles as opposed to Fantastic Beasts with mm-hmm. subtitles. See, I thought like Wizarding World was going to be like a franchisable brand, not necessarily the name of the movies. So just J.K. Rowling. Like Ghostbusters now has Ghost Corpse. That's like a production company. I saw Wizarding, Wizarding World is like their production mm. company for anything that uh, falls under the Harry Potter roof. Uh, I, okay, I could see it going that way too. I, I, I think the, the, the reason that I, that I thought that, at least, and this is my, maybe my defense, would be when, when they called the first movie Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. They, I, I think they ran into the issue where they're coming off another series called Harry Potter and the something. So they somewhat felt compelled to continue that Fantastic Beasts moniker, sort of like um, the Hunger Games did. The first one was Hunger Games, and then it was the Hunger Games Mockingjay. You know, the Hunger Games Catching Fire. Um, the, the Twilight tried to do it similarly well, that way, like the Twilight Saga. branding. Right, right. Yeah, like, um, it, they're having to brand it so that people understand that this is one universe. And Yeah. I mean, we've had that same discussion with the Marvel Universe and how people, some members of the audience don't necessarily understand that all these movies are interconnected. You know, I mean, there's some people that don't get that. Right. Yes, they're very thick. If they've oh. watched the first movie and they don't get this one's connecting to the next one when they watch them. But yeah, I, I guess that's... I think like when when they announced when they when they first announced the sequel, they they were using the Fantastic Beasts as sort of the overarching branding, right? So now it's mm-hmm. Fantastic Beasts colon the Crimes of Grindelwald. It felt like they might be trying to pivot to like you know Wizard World Saga Wizard Wizard World Wizard World colon Fantastic Beasts, where to find them? Wizard World, colon, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I mean, I mean, I could, I could be wrong. I just think, I, I, it, it struck me because I think, number one, Fantastic Beasts as the overarching moniker for all of these is a little awkward. I think Wizarding World is too. Uh, um, but, but for me, it's less so. Less so, but still not good. 
as long as they keep introducing beasts in all of these movies, I think you could probably still use the Fantastic Beasts moniker. And it did look like they had the um, true uh, owl-looking guy in yeah. this one. I don't remember <laughs> what his name is, but um, I mean, you got to think too uh, when you say like Harry Potter and you know Sorcerer's Stone and the Chamber of Secrets and Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. That first started out as a marketing thing from Rowling and the book companies. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but like I said, it just that's that's how it hit me. So I just wondered if it felt similar to anyone else, but it looks like I'm in the minority. But uh, uh, Brian, what what would you say? Was there anything that you were happy to see, or that I mean, as the as you you know self proclaimed maybe least uh, exposed to, or well, like well, you're not as in deep as the rest of us, right? Um, yeah, that's so fair. What, this is not your... my Star Wars. Right, so like, what was what was maybe like one thing out of anything else that like really hit you? Like, was it still the Jacob moment? Was there something else that you're like, oh, I wonder what that's about? Um, I mean, the the most the the one thing that caught me in the trailer that I got the most excited about, I think, yeah, was seeing Jacob again. Um, I I liked seeing Jude Law as, as Dumbledore. I'm curious to see what he did or does. Um. Maybe we can get into it whenever we get into like if you're if you're going frame by frame or trying to get through the trailer. But I could have sworn I seen Ezra Miller in there too. Oh yes, I thought I, I caught a glimpse of him as well. Think I did. Okay, a hundred percent. I'm I'm absolutely certain. Because uh, that needs to be explained at some <clears throat> some point, right? It, it looks like he yeah. has a little bit of control over um, the Obscura. Yeah, based on mm-hmm. the trailer. Because yeah. it's like yeah. they don't gonna... like. I thought since he was such a main character in the first one that if they show him in the trailer, it would be more of a reveal, like they did with Dumbledore. Like, hey, look, that guy's back. But they hide, they almost hide him really quickly. I hope they it... don't. I I hope they don't because I don't know necessarily where he might play in. And as I, I mean, I've said before, I I I could see the Credence storyline being over, like if it had ended where it did. It was a it was a clean finish. It might suck <laughs> for that to be the finish, but like it was a clean enough finish. So I hope they don't give much away in these previews at all as to as okay. to how he might play in. And that's more like if yeah, I was gonna say he. I was just thinking if they're yeah. if they're from a marketing standpoint, if they are sort of wrapping him up or at the least not featuring him as much in this movie, why show him at all? Like, I think that would be a fun little surprise I, had he not be in the trailers at all. I, I don't think he's going to be a small part. I think he's going to be a very big part. I think he's going to end um, up being bigger than we would think. And and if they're smart, I actually think, yeah, maybe you'll glimpse that he's there. Because I, I was going to bring the same point up later, which is there is a moment where it does look like, oh, wait, is that related to Credence and, and the Obscurus? And so therefore is one of those people sitting on that rooftop him maybe that is the only moment for me that i thought oh maybe that's him i don't even like for me unless i try to really freeze frame in that, say, like, I there was, two, it's I really there was one that was you. definitely there was a scene where you could definitely see ezra miller as ezra like you could see it was ezra miller like, oh really there was no so it, it go yeah, okay there's then one it went, brief moment where it's like oh there, there he is all right then it went by too quickly for me so i, I watched the, the trailer maybe like five times it was it, a flash it was let's say so that's uh, a bit, that's well, 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 there. We're not gonna, we're we're not going to say that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it went by too quick enough. Like it didn't stand out to me, at least. So maybe there are others that, you know, yeah. 
maybe it seemed very apparent to us, like to some people, um, and, and maybe others missed it. So that's sort of know. what I was thinking. Like they they make it a point to like hang the camera on Jude Law's Dumbledore and just let yeah. it sit there, so you see him and you know who he is. For for a character that has made the appearance in the previous movie, I felt like they should have lingered on Ezra Miller a little bit longer to just but, confirm to you, like, yes, this guy's in here, and and I don't know. To me, it wasn't. And, and I'll positive that it was Ezra Miller. It was kind of like a, ooh, that could be him. I wonder if, you know, like it's, like I'm playing all these like weird wondering things in my mind because <laughs> to me it was, you know, a little too quick for me and I didn't pause it. I only watched the trailer once as well. But, you know, I think it's kind of cool that he didn't hang on him. It gives me a little bit of suspense on how they're going to incorporate mm-hmm. him or if it is actually going to be him and not just like some kind of flashback. They're not I'm spoiling you. it. You know, they're yeah. letting it be like he's there, but What's he doing? Right, it's like yeah. Jacob. Right. He's there, but yes. how funny is he going to be? Yeah. They're 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 showing you aspects of the movie that you know you need to know. You need to get interested because Dumbledore is going to put asses in seats. Right. Let, let's face it; like <laughs> yeah. it's Dumbledore, and I can play that into my own answer for your question. Okay, and it's it's kind of like I was anxious to see Jude Law as Dumbledore. Mm, okay, and see what he was going to be able to do with it because Dumbledore is Dumbledore. He's, so uh, far, I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> okay, it did it, like it, it, it. It's not necessarily that I feel like Jude Law is a bad actor or this is not good or anything. It felt more like Jude Law and less like Dumbledore. Like a Dumbledore. That's a good point. That's, I was hoping. That's where I am so far. I'm hoping that there's much more in the movie that allows allows you to the, the, to see that character as much. Because Jude Law as a person, I find very difficult to ever look past him. He's what there there is a certain actors and actresses. It's really difficult to look past them in anything that they do. So that was a concern I had from the moment they cast Jude Law. Like I thought it was an interesting Jude choice. Jude Law is a huge personality on his own in any role he takes on. Yeah, and like I think that was one of the main things. And I, you know, Andy, I didn't realize that this this is one of the reasons that I I maybe didn't enjoy King Arthur as much as I could have. Because you could see past Jude Law. I, I couldn't. I could just I could only see Jude Law acting that way. I could not see overly ambitious, potentially evil king. I just saw Jude Law being mean. Right. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm hoping that he can his um, his, give me you know get get me past that in this. Yeah, I'm not sure if he he got like the the meter that the other actors got down for um Albus Dumbledore down. They had a certain way of speaking, and it it seemed yes. like his his meter was a little off from theirs. So I'm hoping like a lot more dialogue with him when you actually mm-hmm. see the movie will be a little closer to how they spoke. Because I feel like that's the, a good point. The second Dumbledore actor, I can't remember, is Michael Gambon, I think. Yes. Um, did a pretty good job of picking up where the first one left off after after that actor died. I can't remember the first actor's name. Richard but, uh, yeah. uh, Richard Harris. Yeah. I feel like their meter was pretty similar, although I, I feel like Gambon was a little bit more um, energetic about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and for good and for bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he did a, a really pretty good job. I like both yeah. of them. But... Um, I'm I'm interested to see how 
do law, you know, I think he, I know he's going to like make it his own and whatnot, but I'd like to see him like, kind of like fit in a little bit into that structure that they've already created. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's yeah, ex- excellent point. Go ahead. Maybe from the outside looking in, <clears throat> do you think this is something they're going to let him grow into? Like Jude mean? Law starts as the younger version. This, however, there's what five movies in total for Fantastic Beasts. That's what yes. we're gonna get. Yeah, and they right. take place over an extended period of time. Right, uh, they're not so like every year like cor- Harry Potter. Correct. So this, yeah. So this is. I think this is maybe five. I want to say this is maybe s- supposed to be three to seven years after the first Fantastic Beast movie. And so, do we know we have no idea when the fifth Fantastic Beast movie will end. Like what kind of is, time gap we're gonna get? It is. It is set in 1945. The fifth one, I guarantee, will be set in 1945. Okay. So this one, this one right now is about 20 to 25 years before that. Okay. So obviously they're gonna age Jude Law as we go through these movies. Do you think yes. as they age him, he will get closer to what the mm. older Dumbledore looked and sounded like? As they go through. I really hope that it, yeah, he gets it. They it reins him back more to what the the other actors did. Right, like maybe they're just not starting him like that right out the gate, and they're going to ease him into that. It takes a long yeah. time to grow a beard that long. <laughs> that too. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm, a, that's a lot of beard. I'm with Andy on on, on his main point because I think the and to, to tie it into what I said before right right now just the, the couple of lines that I heard and the mannerisms that I, I saw in the one like classroom scene what I saw was Jude Law delivering those lines in 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 a way that I've seen Jude Law deliver lines before and yeah so so maybe they're and actually this we can dive right in here because we, we'll get into other other points of the, the the trailer that could um branch off of this so so right off the bat i'm gonna just like i said i'm just gonna walk through the trailer and and use that as our uh framework and uh right off the bat um i am actually gonna call out some bullshit because <laughs> the tra the so but but i might have to immediately walk it back <laughs> so um <laughs> so the trailer the trailer pretty much opens with uh like a sweeping lake uh, scene of the Hogwarts castle and the camera pans up onto the like walking bridge that was very utilized especially in the, the very last movie during the battle of Hogwarts and whatnot and uh, wizards maybe it's wizards and witches will say apparate and, and just appear on that walking bridge on the Hogwarts grounds now two things I'm I guess I'm presuming based on the context of what happens after that these are say ministry of magic related uh individuals uh maybe they're related to as you were talking about like interpol and things earlier you know maybe it's like an international type of investigative body or something um that being said the reason i'm calling bull on it is it is extraordinarily well established through most of the movies and all the books that one cannot apparate or disapparate on the hogwarts grounds but Which post existence of Voldemort? Uh, well, we don't know that. We don't know how. I'm long saying, it's but been that's when we're told that, right? Right. But I'm saying, like, we're told it post existence of Voldemort, as opposed to pre existence of Voldemort. Was that a thing? Uh, yeah, that's that's a potential. So we don't know that. Um, so the 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 
one easy counter argument I see to this was done in the movie Half Blood Prince, where in in a roundabout way, when Dumbledore and Harry, uh, Dumbledore apparates them both out of the castle, and Harry specifically makes a point to say, "I thought you couldn't disapparate out of here," and Dumbledore says something like, "Well, you can if you're me." Yeah, it's it being me has its privileges. Yes, yes. So, on the one hand, I thought, well, okay, maybe that was a difference of, like, ideas or screenwriters. So, Cl- Steve Cloves, who wrote all the Harry Potter screenplays except Order of the Phoenix, wrote Half-Blood Prince. So, I thought, uh, maybe that was their idea. J.K. was alright with it. She didn't, you know, she, okay, whatever. It worked to further the, the, the pacing of that, so they, they used it. But, my my the the corner that I get stuck in right now is J.K. Rowling is writing these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's the one writing ministry people appear on bridge. So I'm screwed with my idea. Well, <laughs> at what point can you not... Like, where does the barrier to which you can apparate in end or begin? True. How far I mean, they, away it's from always, Hogwarts can you actually yeah, apparate? It's always said on the Hogwarts grounds. I'm assuming that bridge counts right, as the where grounds. Right, where does that... Generally, I can actually tell you based on like maritime law, if you will, on a bridge. Uh huh. And I have to know this because I fish a lot. I go out to people's property. Generally speaking, if somebody owns, say, a covered bridge over a creek, they own the half of that closest to their house. Okay. So, like, that half closest to their house is considered their property, unless mm-hmm. they own the property on the other side of the body of water. Sure. If they own that property, too, the mm-hmm. whole bridge is theirs. If they don't, half the bridge is theirs. What do you guys think? Am I just splitting hairs here? I think it's easily uh, summed up with just J.K. being J.K. Rowling has its privileges. <laughs> she can write whatever the I, fuck I she wants to. I, I know. I, I think uh, I think Mike has a good theory as, like, it's not uh, a ward set in place yet in that time period. Okay. Um, I think something has to happen, like, whether it's Grindelwald apparating onto Hogwarts and stirring up some shit, or Voldemort apparating onto Hogwarts and stirring up some shit, and then they put the wards out and, and prevent that stuff from happening from henceforth. That's my okay. guess, and I'm hoping that we actually get to see what incident creates causes the, the, um, the teachers the to create such wars. Huh. Think right. post-9-11 anal yeah. checking by the TSA. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, actually, Andy, I hadn't thought about that. That point is maybe quasi for funsies because it was such an integrated part of the fabric of the books that it was like always very stressed. You cannot apparate, disapparate, right, right, in and out. Um, maybe now it, they apparate onto it. They're like, yeah, maybe they with, create like, some the fans. They're like, wait, you were not allowed to do that. How did that happen? You know, and I, <laughs> I feel like that might be something fun that they can kind of explain. All right, okay, I could be on board with that. Um, whether yeah, or not it's going to happen, and if they, can't say. But <laughs> yeah, if, if they if they never do, I'll just I'll I'll fall back to Brian's explanation. Right. <laughs> um. All right. So let's see. So we move forward. Um. Okay. Here's my question. So so in the trailer, the next thing you basically see is these ministry officials. Uh, they're good. They've arrived because they want to go interview Dumbledore, and uh, Dumbledore. Uh, we'll call this Brian's education point. Uh. Dumbledore used to be a transfiguration teacher before he was headmaster. So I'm presuming that the classroom that they are interviewing him in is his own. 
that classroom was used for Defense Against the Dark Arts in several of the Harry Potter movies, and I think maybe temporarily as a as a different one in one of the other ones. So my question is, like, does this damn room get used for every class at some point? Is it, like, so generic of a set that it just it's going to get used for, like, all purpose Hogwarts whenever they like, want it to? Or is Hogwarts like Penhills High School where every chemistry room felt the same? Every, <laughs> every math room felt the same? That, like, it, okay. other than... Actually, other than the chemistry rooms that had lab tables, yeah. every room felt the same. Okay, hadn't considered that. It just felt so... I don't know, it, maybe it felt to me like an easy... It, like, like I'm gonna say an easy, like a little bit of a lazy decision. Like, here, here is a set and a setting and a scene that people are familiar with. Let's well, use it. I mean, I would argue just off the top of my head, I can think of at least five different classrooms that I've seen yeah. in Harry Potter. Yeah. But and why, so why not use one of the other ones that wasn't used, you know, more than once? Why not create something brand new that we really haven't seen? I mean, I mean we're, you're going back we're assuming this is years, the you know, Defense Against different. the Dark Arts room that Lockhart and Moody teaching, yeah. correct? Okay, but yes. that's not the same Defense Against the Dark Arts room that Lupin uses. Yes, it is. Or that Quirrell... No. Yes, it is. When Lupin is doing the Bogart uh, lesson, I think they're in a different room. But when he takes... Like, when he finds Harry wandering around at night with Snape, and he takes him to his to a classroom to read him out, it is that room. And when Harry goes up into his office, it is that office at the top of those stairs, just like Lockhart. Okay. that See, that's the room I was equating the other ones to, and I didn't recall that being that. Because like, I remember Umbridge using that, and I remember, yeah, you know, like, so many of them using it, but I didn't remember Quirrell or... Quir well, you never, you, you never got Quirrell. You never saw Quirrell's class, except for she the did. moment that... Uh, she goes and asks. For she work. peeks in, yeah, but you don't. I don't think it's that same one, and you never really get a sense of it. So, I don't know. I right. just like. I just thought it was a bit of like, look, you have an opportunity to like show us a bit more of Hogwarts, perhaps. Why use something that we're so familiar with? We've seen it a lot. I'm well, just to your point, I don't think we're going to get a lot of Hogwarts in this movie. Okay, so if you have touche. one Hogwarts set that's that is familiar, I think that works. Yeah, I, I, I want right. to say that they're probably going to try and uh, not focus on Hogwarts. I think Brian's hit the nail on the head there. Because um, mm. all of the other eight movies were very Hogwarts-centric. So I think that's kind of mm. why they're trying to do, like, the, hey, the U.S. and, like, hey, like, the rest of Europe. And, and, and maybe, like, I don't know, Threes in Africa or something. Isn't that where Newt found uh, that first ethereal? Yes. Mm-hmm. That he actually separated and trapped in his little uh, briefcase. So, yes, I mean, maybe right. they're just trying to do, you know... I mean, some of it's going to have to be at Hogwarts because, you know, Dumbledore's there, so... Yeah. I mean, it definitely looks like at some point Newt ends up at Hogwarts to meet Dumbledore. Um, yeah, so I'm going to... How extended that is in the movie, we don't know. Yeah. So let's put a... a pin on that because we are going to get to that because I'm I have some questions based around that scene as well. Uh, okay. So it it moves next to the uh, people interviewing Dumbledore. Uh, their line of questioning. They're they're focused on Newt Scamander and on his activities and what he's doing personally. Um, 
this is where we get the heads up that they uh, they understand that he's going to be traveling out of England. He's headed to Europe, uh, specifically Paris and France. Um, and I, and I think it was well revealed, like a year ago, maybe that a big bulk of the movie would be taking place probably in in Paris. Um, so that wasn't a surprise to me to see. But my question, I think, at this point was. Again, I think this is taking place a couple of years after uh, the first Fantastic Beast movie. Uh, why do you like? Why do we think that randomly Newt Scamander is this hardcore on, say, the Ministry or like an Interpol type organization's radar to the point where they're going and questioning other people that you know he might be doing work for or in relation to? Like what? Why? Well, he why does him? have an obscurus in his in his possession, doesn't he? Do they know that? I mean, okay. I guess they would. Um, but it's again, it's like several years later. It doesn't mean he always has to like carry it with him. I don't know. What do we? What, what, uh, what do we it seems to carry him? everything with him. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. To, to me, I would think anybody in possession of such dangerous materials is worthy of the attention of the intelligence organizations. Just like anybody that happens to have plutonium or uranium is going <laughs> to pop up on CIA and FBI, Interpol, UN. Everybody's going to be watching them. If you have those materials and they know about it, they're going to watch you because, you know. Even if you don't intend to use them, if you mishandle them because you don't know what you're doing, it could mean catastrophe. True that. Uh, did, so, did, did anyone else get as hung up on this point as I did, or did it just seem like, oh, that's a way to further the plot? I'm, he also seems like a scofflaw. A like somebody who's in a scofflaw. <laughs> a white whale, a Newman. Oh, um, oh, got it. <laughs> somebody who is, in, is intentionally looking at their laws and kind of, screw you, I'm doing what I want. Like, yeah, it's illegal to have this in possession. What of it? Come get me. And it kind of rubs people the wrong way. Gotcha. It could be a um, a reveal that they are going to do in the movie as to why they are most interested in Scamander now. Um. That's kind of where where I was thinking because I was also curious why they were so like you know head hunt head huntery about it. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm I'm thinking it's something that uh, either the second trailer will tell us or uh, the movie itself plot wise will reveal. Yeah, and I would also say if they're there questioning Dumbledore at a time when Grindelwald's going on trial because he was just captured. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that's certainly what it looks like in some of the scenes we get, is that we're getting a trial of Grindelwald, and that's the crimes that they're going to discuss. Sure. And given the backstory we know about Dumbledore already, mm -hmm. wouldn't they be questioning him about Grindelwald and not Newt Scamander? And that seems kind of out of place. Yeah. Because whether or not the big battle takes place yet or not, which we know it doesn't, because, like you said, yeah. um, so, but he did know him. So wouldn't they be questioning him about Grindelwald, since that would kind of be the biggest thing in the wizarding world at that time, not Newt's commander? Yeah, so my my thought on on that as it occurred was, 
I, I, I got the impression that no one really knew of their prior relationship. A few people who may have lived in Godric's Hollow at the time, but it it, it seemed okay. to be an extremely uh, small. I don't say kept so... secret, but it was not known that like they had known each other for a couple of months when they were teenagers. That was not so. Common you're knowledge. saying. When Batilda Bagshot puts that information out there, it's a big revelation. That she's informing even the government of it. Sort of, yeah. I mean, it was it was just history. Like, obviously, Dumbledore in his youth was on a lot of international radars because of his genius, but it, it didn't seem like the random wizarding village that they happened to live in would have been so. Uh, like under everyone's microscope that people would have realized that he you know had interactions with this person for a couple of weeks or a couple of months so my my, my thought was though i don't know i think people, they'd be paying attention well people knew you know at, at this point it is probably given their ages i think this is actually probably 40 to 50 years after their teenagers because mm-hmm. Dumbledore dies when he's about 150, and Ish, yeah. that is in like the mid midish 90s. That, according to J.K.'s timeline, that he dies. So he's born in like 1845, say. And mm-hmm. so if he's a real teenager in the early 1860s, he's 70, 80 at this time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing to keep in mind. They're they're for all intents and purposes, already old men in in terms of, like, well, by muggles and, and humans, right? Yeah. So they haven't been together for, it's even longer, probably 50 years. Um, But my, my, my guess with the questioning is maybe Dumbledore has already built up a reputation of having power, having brilliance, having different approaches to problem solving and conflict resolution and whatnot. Um, he's already, you know, now that he's been back at Hogwarts for so long, he's made his mark in the international community. So maybe they're interested in Newt because they're, because they're interested in Dumbledore. For whatever reason that Newt and Dumbledore have a strong association and, and, and work together closely, mm-hmm. Newt is on their radar because Dumbledore's on their radar, not really the other way around. And if Dumbledore is again looked to, and this is going to be a point I bring up later, if Dumbledore has looked to, you know, be a potential counter or defense to Grindelwald, uh, which we know comes at some point because it's described in the in the earlier books as, you know, there's like a public outcry from 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 the world for Dumbledore to intervene just because he's seen as an extremely powerful person. They again, they I don't think like the world knows, like, hey, go after your friend and stop him. They just know he's no. a force to be reckoned with, well, and he's the best one to try to, to do it. So maybe that's why they're after Newt, just because he's an associate of someone they're already interested in. I was actually... I, I, well, Go ahead, Luke. Well, I was just going to say, I don't think that the Wizarding World in general would know, but I feel like the government would still be paying attention to Godric's Hollow, just because of the Peveril brothers. That things that go on there would kind of be monitored. Okay. And they would, you know, like, because whether or not we want to admit it as a 
group of fans or whether we want to talk about it as a group of fans, the government knows that the Deathly Hallows are an actual thing. You think? I never got that impression. I, Why, I, would, may, th- ahead, I would think if anybody does, they do. Uh, okay. I, I, I would, I I would think ahead. that they would be aware of them, but not know where to find them. Not know, you know, what they actually were, where to actually locate them. I don't know. I, um, I've always gotten the impression from the books and the movies that uh, the uh, Ministry of Magic was kind of bumbling. <laughs> well, Fudge was bumbling. Well, I mean, it, I thought but all Rufus of them... But Rufus Scrimgower was not. I, don't know, I, I, just... I I could I could see it. I mean, now if you bring the point up, I could see it as maybe something that there were like a couple of texts that people looked at every now and then in the Department of Mysteries, and it was maybe like discussed there in you know possible vague terms, just as hey, well, j- just in the event that these things are real, let's kind of have a case file on them, but. I would, well, even at that yeah. point, I don't necessarily know that, like, I guess maybe Dumbledore isn't as highly followed early in his career, in his life, sure, as he is later. So right. perhaps that leads to the government not paying as much attention to him specifically within Godric's Hollow. Yeah. Okay, I, I can talk myself out. Of it. <laughs> I, I can I can talk myself in a circle around out of it. So, so I thought of another reason that they could potentially be trying to follow Scamander. Uh, between now, between the first movie and the second movie, what has happened? And I'm, this is just an assumption, but I'm assuming that the first volume of his book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, has been published, and probably okay. within said book is uh, things that the government doesn't want people to know. Mm. I like that. Okay, I'm in. Thumbing his nose at the government on... uh... Yeah, the government doesn't want you to know that these creatures are actually friendly and very useful and uh, not at all harmful, but uh, fuck you, they are not. (laughs) And I think the government would probably be pretty fucking pissed off about that and want to find him and uh, tell him to redact or retract or whatever you want to fucking say about it. I like the government. I like really the movie be you're writing better wanting... than the one that's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, but would the government really be wrong in not wanting everybody to want in a rumpin? Well, no, <laughs> no, just... I, no. I'm just saying, like, he's trying to put that out there so that like people don't harm these beasts and stuff because they are, yeah, actually, right. you know, like useful and, and beautiful in their own way and whatnot, and not just eradicate. Well, beast eradicate, you know, like fuck you. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I that's what my guess is. I like that a lot, actually. Random thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very general storytelling reason why it could work that way, that they're after Newt. Go. You start thinking, like, most movies you watch, why is the good guy always on the run? Because they get mixed, mixed up into some shit, they're at the wrong place at the wrong time. So, they, this movie could open with some sort of action sequence where Newt is in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's the one that everyone thinks is responsible so they chase him, not knowing he's the good guy, and somebody else caused the shit. You know, the frame job type of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Granted, I have no Harry Potter theories to back that up. That's just general <laughs> storytelling that could no, be that's happening. Wasn't his Cruciatus curse? It was somebody else's. <laughs> that's yeah, I, those are all really good points. Um, see, that's why we get the brain trust together. <laughs> um, uh, so as 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 that sort of part of the trailer closes out um something that i was happy to see and i can't tell if it's dumbledore using it or, or it might be newt doesn't really matter yet but 
um, you see the use of the Deluminator as they're sucking yeah. the light out of uh, the lampposts. And that's like a fun little thing because sp- the reason I think, well, it's definitely tied to Dumbledore. And if it's Newt using it, it would make sense because both in the book and the movie, they make a point to say that the Deluminator is of Dumbledore's own design. He invented it. And it's like not something that is like a widely available or like mass produced item. Like there's probably only like the one. It's probably he has. one of a kind. Yeah, one of a kind. Maybe he made one for like a few other people real close to him. Um but I thought that was a fun little callback to include as as something that's very unique to his character. Didn't really play a significant part at any time really in the stories, but it was just another little fun add on. Uh, to include as like, hey, Dumbledore. It's his. I thought that was fun. Well, I mean, it did play a pretty significant part in leading Ron back to Harry and Jim, or Harry and Hermione. That that is true. That is true. I guess in in the, in the way of it not 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 being used as as a Deluminator per se. Right. What? Well, it was Dumbledore's own enchantment within it that he knew what to do with it, kind of thing. He could make yes. more out of it than just a Deluminator. Yeah. And nobody else knew but him. Yeah. They couldn't even tell. Like, they they're probably inspected the thing a thousand times over, and they couldn't even figure it out what the hell was he leaving him a thing that just gets rid of light for. Well, they didn't have a uh, Hermione to get back to, so it didn't work for them. Precisely. <laughs> so, Josh, I have the trailer up as your... Just so I can look at visuals when you're hitting the right spots of the trailer. Okay. I have I'm the tr- time codes also, if that would help. I can start throwing those out. Well, I'm trying to like click, and I was trying to get a better view at who could be using the, yeah. the Illuminator to to grab that. Uh-huh. And as I'm doing that, there are two people in that scene. It's, oh, okay. It looks like a stealth mission. Somebody is by the middle light. There seems to be a gate post or concrete wall right by that middle light, and I, you still can't make out who it is. If I had to guess, Newt is hiding behind that, and Dumbledore is taking the lights out. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I I remember the the scene playing out that way, and I thought the two of them were there when it was happening, but yeah, couldn't actually confirm who had the Deluminator because it's too dark. Yeah, it's very foggy, yeah. so you you're only making out blurry figures. But if I had to guess, that's my yeah. two cents. So who, who's taller? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're uh, trying to follow along in that way, that's happening around like the twenty seven second mark. Um. Oh, keep yeah. Keep in mind that just like. Uh, the Star Wars trailer episodes. This is a two-minute trailer uh, that we're, we're going to end up probably with like an hour and a half episode on. So. We all have our niche, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're into yours. Um, so I'd say the next thing that kind of moves the uh, plot of the trailer, if you will, along, uh, we kind of jumped to like 37 seconds. Um, uh, in, in my estimation, this is like the next significant moment you get. So this is Newt appearing on a rooftop uh, it looks like it's somewhat of a predetermined meeting with Dumbledore. And, uh, Mike, I think this is what you said earlier, that it looks like, you know, Newt is at Hogwarts. Um, to me, I couldn't necessarily... Like, to me, I don't know if it, like, absolutely stood out that that's where they were. But if that that is, that's, you know, that's fine. I don't know if that's significant or not. Um, but it definitely looked like Dumbledore was pleased, but not all surprised all that not really surprised to see Newt there. So they're they're clearly working together. They're clearly in league on some kind of overall arc of a, of a, of a mission statement. You know, there's something 
long term that they're they're working on and they're kind of you know checking in or, or something's happening there um but i guess that begs the bigger question that we kind of really got into before um what what is it that we think newt's capacity is at this point to dumbledore so he's a magical zoologist what function in the broader scope do we think newt could be doing for dumbledore right now what 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 can he benefit research on obscurus because i think dumbledore knows that grindelwald wants them for a reason and he wants to know why okay I would also think I agree. That Newt is probably one of the first ones to probably face Grindelwald, since he did that in the finale of the first one. Okay. So he's got some experience dealing with that person. I also think he's one of the only people that actually has experience with an Obscurus. Or that too. Because they're supposed to be rare enough that, you know, it's not exactly a normal occurrence for a wizard to say, oh, I've dealt with an Obscurus. For all we know, Dumbledore never actually interacts with Credence and never actually deals with an Obscurus. Did the first, I don't remember, did the first movie reveal how Newt found the girl in Africa? Was that a Dumbledore, did Dumbledore send him there? To... I, I don't, I don't believe it's ever mentioned. Um, okay. Like he, yeah, he, he talks, Newt, I think, talks about where it the one he has where it came from. Um, but I don't think there's any context put to why he's there. I, I, I at least took it as he's already mentioned that like, he's on this world tour. He's, he's trying to learn. He's trying to return certain species back to their natural habitats, etc. Um, and that's just something that he kind of found or, or fell into rather as he was just doing that mission. Um, I could be completely wrong about that. I mean, there could be definitely more behind it, but um, given given what we've been provided so far, that's all I took from it. Okay, okay now that I freeze-frame the, like, the spot you were talking about, that's not what I assumed was Hogwarts. It was much later in the trailer. Okay. Is the part that I assumed was Hogwarts. It's actually, now that I freeze-frame it, it's not him and Dumbledore in, this, in the moment that I was looking at. On the rooftop? No, not on the rooftop. Like I said, much later in the trailer. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, the the spot I was looking at that oh, I thought might have been Hogwarts. I know what you're talking about. Okay, not yeah, we'll get there. Actually, him and Dumbledore. Yes. So yes. we'll um, deal with that at another time. Sure. And later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not a, it's not the same. Gotcha. It wasn't the same moment. Um, so as it pushes forward, uh, we you know already brought this up as well that it looks like, um. The next, the next part we get is showing something re- regarding Grindelwald on trial. Looks like he's in front of some kind of governing body. Uh, I, I thought perhaps maybe it's the the, the Wizengamot, you know, an, an international it, it, body, or of course, it, or no, not the uh, Wizengamot. Wizengamot is, um, I think, just England. This would be like the International Confederation of Wizards, maybe, um, or or it could be America. It had a very Karkaroff feel to it. Yeah, uh, it did. A circular group of wizards and yes, surrounded below them. You know, like it, it. It had that feel of like him being isolated. Yeah, very much. While he was being questioned, uh, I think is the boat. Yeah, the the point that Andy brought up earlier about like he was 
curious to see if there's a depiction of like how you know american wizarding politics or government trials perhaps like all that would work if, it, if it'll be portrayed in any way um so this this could definitely be in that moment it could be in you know in front of some kind of uh american government review it could be in like an international body um so we get that scene first so it definitely looks like it's related there and then some some of those ideas uh come back as uh, the trailer progresses um it doesn't really linger on that moment very long um but then it pushes forward and this is where we get our first glimpse and in my opinion not enough but i understand the reasons why we get our first glimpse and inclusion of jacob again yes with the new, perhaps, Niffler that is not a Niffler, Niffler. <laughs> some kind of bird thing that looks interesting and probably funny hanging yeah, out my, behind him there. My note that I made for this uh, at like the 58 second mark, um, you see Newt and him first in, in some kind of like arching doorway. Looks like maybe they're about to go into some kind of walkway or tunnel, perhaps. Uh, and then you see Jacob behind him. But the note that I made was you get your first glimpse of Jacob and some freaky ass bird owl thing. <laughs> Cause I don't know. I don't think that sounds right. A, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was a part of the creatures in the first movie. Um, no. So I'm interested to see, Oh, what does that thing do? What is, what is that about? Um, but yeah, we kind of brought it up before. How, how, what, what are some possibilities as to how you get from where we left off Jacob at the end of the first movie to, fully getting back like and it has to be seamless right there's got to be some very organic natural feel as like like it's got to be better than oh newt needs his friend's help again so he'll just go lift that enchantment it's got to be better than that right i was gonna say since jk's writing these she can always write in something that is the opposite of an obliviate charm she can i just think she's better than that and (laughs) i think she is too but it's also a really easy out it's an easy out but go ahead. I think it's Queenie. Was she like breaks I think, the spell? Well, no. Queenie is the opposite of the Obliviate. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean and like it physically uses a a incantation to do it, but no, she yeah, herself I think, is the charm. Right, because uh, his feelings for her before he got Obliviated, and then his like when when you see the scene in the Fantastic Beasts when she comes back in. You can tell he almost knows, and when you see the smile on Queenie's face when it goes back to her, she can tell that he knows, because she can read his mind. I was going to say, she does seem to be maybe the most powerful Agilimens we've ever seen. Right. Okay, fair point. Um, as even dumb, or even Voldemort's not that powerful as a Legilimens. Like, he's not even close. Like, she just doesn't even have to think about it. She just knows instantly what everybody's thinking. That's an interesting point. Um, I I definitely like all the ideas getting getting put on the table because it definitely has a lot of the classic romantic story there as well. Like I think I said before, like I think for all of us, especially watching these kind of movies, we now we I think in in the first Harry Potter movies, we all just wanted to be wizards, and it just looked so fun. With Jacob, we have an avatar now. We have one of us who walks amongst them, so we can live in the story through him. Um, and to and to have some a lot of the, the the classic elements of you know love love is strong enough to even break the spell. Um, that's a really good idea. 
Uh, well, isn't that what the entire Harry Potter series is about? Is that love is stronger than any spell you can cast? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, then. Just saying. Guess if you're going to get particular. <laughs> um, so, do you, do you think. That's a good idea. So, yeah, go ahead. So, so do, do we think that Jacob can still play, like, a significantly strong role in Newt's uh, sort of plot in his arc through the movie? So my guess is, are we still talking about how Jacob gets to where Newt is? A little of both, sure. Okay. Well, my guess is that um, the trial of Grindelwald will want to take place in Europe. So I'm thinking um, Tina is chosen as one of the top oars to escort Grindelwald to Europe. And who's she going to bring along? But her legitimate, um, well, I can't say it. Because <laughs> you, uh, you you almost you're gonna accidentally say illegitimate, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> Very illegitimate sister friend Kate, who, yeah. uh, as as we're as left to assume after the first movie is back together with uh, Jacob. Okay. I'm assuming that's how maybe they all get to meet. That would make a lot of sense because the prison sure. that Grindelwald spoilers. If you this is kind of I mean this is much more in the books. It's shown for a leading crappy second in uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1, but uh, Grindelwald does end up in jail uh, eventually for the rest of his life, and uh, the jail Nurem Guard, I think it is, uh, yeah, I believe it's like somewhere in like the middle of the like Adriatic Sea or something. It's very heavily guarded, so it's, it's exactly sort of like, um, you know, like going to the world, like the world court in you know switzerland and having that so so if if the wizarding world has something analogous it's also happening going in, to the hague Europe. yeah the hague exactly so yeah that would that would make absolute sense and uh andy you need to get some kind of more direct connection with the warner brothers people because these are really <coughs> freaking good ideas you have <laughs> um i mean it does it's good connective tissue it makes sense um i like that like i i would absolutely absolutely buy that in in a heartbeat uh d- does that work for everybody else or do you think it would it's gonna potentially slightly look a little far flat f- yeah, far fetched or flimsy as to how they you know like the justification and how believable it is that everybody ends up you know back in the same setting again honestly i don't care as long as he's back <laughs> i don't care how they do it <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you'd be okay with with Newt just apparating next to him in the bakery. Yeah, tap, re- tapping, reversal spell, ta- tapping. Done. Yeah, because un- un- <laughs> immediately after that board. happened in the first one, immediately I was just, just like, take it back. So if they just take it back somewhere in this movie, I'm totally fine. <laughs> so I, I have been on board with Dan Fogler since the day I seen him in Fanboys. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, seeing him more, whatever loophole they have to connect, I agree with Brian. Just as long as he's there, I'm good. And you have to wonder if it's actually, if this was the plan from the get-go, or it was like he got such a reaction from the first movie, it's like, well, now we gotta undo, retcon that one. Yeah. That's a good That's a good point. I think maybe there's potentially the framework there, and it could have, like, it could have gone, like, one of two ways. But yeah, maybe after they, they saw the emotional connection and response that people had to it, they're like, yeah, alright, well, we're gonna go with Path B. 
because really, like his ending in the first movie, I think wraps up fairly well. It's left ambiguous. Yeah. It's left up to the viewer to interpret it, whether or not he remembers, whether he mm-hmm. still forgets, if he's just happy to see a pretty woman by the end of it. Yeah, it's like a, a, a end of you know, well, depending on which cut you're watching, like Blade Runner is. Yes. Is he yeah. is he is he a replicant or not? Right. No one knows. Who cares? Move on. But yeah, again, since he got such a reaction and yeah. he was the one that a lot of people were talking about after the first one, it's like, well, now we got to find a way to get him in there because people like him. So, so I have this scene that I'm I'm creating in my head where, uh, so like, as for context, early on on the uh, Smodcast podcast, uh, Kevin Smith and Scott Mosher started talking about the Harry Potter books and the movies, and they came up with this uh, simple spell that you could make anybody, you could do anything you wanted. And you would just tap them with the forget a kiss spell. <laughs> and that would, that, that, like, that was the obliviate. That, that was his the poor man's version of obliviate was forget a kiss. So, Brian, in your scenario, I see Newt, you know, being wherever he is in the world and just realizing, I need my trusty sidekick. He disapparates, <laughs> apparates right next to Jacob in the bakery, taps him with an, like, unforget a kiss spell. <laughs> I'm down with that. Totally down with that. Grab, grabs him, they, they immediately disapparate back to Europe or wherever he needs to go at the time, and then like you just you just move forward, like, alright, we're good, let's go. And then this part in the trailer picks up right where that left's off. And it's like, oh, where are you going? You're coming with me. Sweet! And then we just go. <laughs> I was gonna say, he he snaps into the bakery, slaps him on the head with a rememberal, uh-huh. just busts it on the back of his head, and it turns <laughs> yes. out it has another it has another function. It's not just so that you can, you know, alert you if you realize that you forgot something. It also allows you to remember everything that you've ever forgotten. <laughs> and but it has to be smashed against your head. <laughs> in the most wizardly of ways, just like you're smashing a beer bottle over someone in a bar fight. Just crash that thing on <laughs> yeah, the, just crash it on bam. your skull. And <laughs> I want to say Shaun of the Dead where he smashes the ashtray into the, into the zombie's head. I'm down. <laughs> I mean, that could work for a comedic moment, right? Yeah. Because he's just really pissed someone bashed him in the back of the head for no reason until he turns around and, oh, Newt, hey, what's happening? Let's go somewhere. <laughs> like, he, like, he pops up in, in, in his bakery. So so Jacob's in there baking, Newt pops up out of nowhere, just apparates in because he's oblivious to anything that has to do with wizarding. He starts freaking out and reaching for a gun. So he has to panic <laughs> and smash the remember across his forehead. <laughs> That would actually it's work. Like a, oh you, shit! You, you've, you've established that he still has memory problems. He doesn't recognize this person, and then just in a momentary turn, oh, hey Newt, where have you been? That would actually be funnier because in Mike's scenario, Newt is not intending to get him to remember. It's accidental. Newt gr- bashes him in the oh, back of okay. the head in self-defense with just something <laughs> handy, and it yeah. happens to be something that brings back his memory. And he's like, oh fuck! I just damn it! All right, you're with me. Let's go. <laughs> Stuck with him, kind of like Deadpool and Cable when the uh, teleporter breaks, and anytime Cable wants to teleport, he's stuck with Deadpool teleporting with him. There you go. <laughs> he can walk around without him all day long. As soon as he teleports, well, Deadpool gets pulled in too. In that there scenario, Jacob is Deadpool. I'm down. <laughs> exactly. Now we're. I'm thinking crossover. <laughs> You're gonna get Warner Brothers and now Disney. To play that nice, Disney's just. I waiting mean, it's for like really that far one. off before Disney buys Warner Brothers too. <laughs> Five more years. 
Uh, all right, so we're definitely excited Jacob's back, and apparently in whatever capacity and how it works, <laughs> most of us are, are thrilled with. Um, so to moving to a point that we did bring up earlier, and, and maybe this is... I don't know if we need to linger on it more, because we did kind of describe it. Uh, the, the next sort of segment of the trailer doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of what's being said or, or what we see, but this is where we get to a, a, a rooftop city scene in, in which you're seeing two people on a rooftop and, and a wispy smoke cloud either emanating from one of them or moving away from one of them. Uh, to me, it was a little difficult to necessarily tell if, if, if one of them, as I said, was intentionally emitting it and releasing it, if they were controlling it, whatever was happening. But uh, like on my second viewing, that's when I first honed in, oh, is this how they're conveying credence to us? Um, so was, was this the, the scene that you guys were, were mentioning that you, you thought Credence was just like blatantly kind of revealed? Uh, uh, give me a moment to see the timestamp. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, I'm it's, watching it, it right yeah, now. It's around 107. One, okay, so 121 I'm... when we get there is where I think we see Ezra Miller. Oh, okay. So that's a little bit past where, where I am. Like it's a close up but... of his face. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah. So the moment, the moment I'm talking, talking about, about is only like two seconds anyway. Right when I came back through the the rooftop yeah, with Ezra, the rooftop whoever's got his hand up and is projecting this black cloud, the clothing matches with what I think was is Ezra Miller later in the in the trailer. So if yeah. it is in fact Ezra oh. Miller later on, it is in fact Ezra Miller yeah, here. If you, if you go to one twenty one, yep. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I my note my note for that moment. So I eventually we'll get there like right after this actually. So. The next segment of notes I made just said, like, hey, it starts at around, like, 109 on the trailer, and it's, like, that typical trailer montage quick cut scene. You just get a lot of imagery. And that moment, which is the last one for that segment I wrote, just I, I just wrote, angry man smashes thing, roof shatters. <laughs> <laughs> the angry um, man is well, Edward Miller, I take it? I'm thinking it, that's it's what it looks like, strong, yeah. strong evidence that it is... Potentially, probably credence, yes, or a twin. It's credence uh, yeah, or his yeah. twin. Um, his hair's the question I think that is most important in that is what is he smashing that does that? Uh, it looks if you if you like freeze frame as he's like swinging his arm to smash it. It looks like there's something like bird like like maybe like a few small bird well, birdish things that are inside flying around. And whenever he it actually reminded me a bit of like the thing that um, Newt had trapped a Obscurus in, but that's not an Obscurus in there, right? But it looks like that same type of size and ah, general okay. shape bubble with that he had used for the Obscurus. So what's in there? And good lord, does that do some damage? And and it, it look, I mean, this could just be creative cutting, but it does look like I think it is the, creative the, cutting. The cause, yeah, they're making it look like the cause and effect of him hitting that thing. You know what? It, it, it's cutting because th that that whole moment before that, it looks like it almost looks like a, a old school circus, doesn't it? Like under the big top with some kind of attraction. Yeah, and because whatever that, he's hitting is definitely in a tent like structure, yes. and then the explosion that happens afterwards is a building in downtown. Yes, you're right. Yep. Yeah, they're not they're not attached. Okay, so but it still brings up the question of what is he smashing? True. And why? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say this... generally because he looks angry. That's why he smashes it. <laughs> well, 
You generally smash things when you're angry. And sometimes when you're very happy. Right. Moving on. No, I'm joking. Is this uh, the the montage where they show uh, um, Zoe Kravitz? Kravitz, yes. So we get a lot of stuff here at the beginning. So there's like some Yule Ball type of looking thing to me. Some like formal dancing setting. Uh, and we do get a good clear shot of Zoe as uh, Lita Lestrange. Lestrange. Um, who I guess was a prior infatu- you know, object of infatuation slash potential girlfriend of Newt's maybe while he was at Hogwarts. Um, it kind of goes through things quickly. Like you get the White Cliffs of Dover. Um, which I'm surprised it took them this long. Oh, no, wait. I was just say, I, I think they might be included briefly in Deathly Hallows Part 1. I'll say, for all that time you spend in England, it took them this long to include the White Cliffs, but I think they are used before. Um, but a lot of stuff kind of happens in about, mm, maybe like 15 seconds as you see Zoe, you see the cliffs, you see Newt riding some, like, kelpie sea beast underwater um so a a lot of what like gets thrown at us quickly what did you guys think of all that um first off the top of my head you're saying a kelpie sea beast there's actually a thing that existed in uh i want to say greek mythology that was called a kelpie Mm -hmm. um and, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think it looked anything like what they're portraying there. Well, isn't... But it was a, it was some kind of seahorse. Wasn't, isn't Kelpie one of the beasts in the Fantastic Beasts book? Potentially. I didn't do my background okay. research again <laughs> for, for this. And Unprepared! I, blame, I definitely blame myself. But, I mean, that looked, that looked definitely fun. Like, whatever, whatever is causing that to happen, I'm curious and happy to see what gets us there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um. So it's like, right, so there's, some, yeah, some of that stuff happens right before we see those, like, circus-ish scenes that we first mentioned. Um, it, it looks like we get, we get, that's when we get our first shot of Queenie, actually, quickly, um, and there's some, somebody looking at, like, I mean, it's hard to, however you want to, there's a lot of different ways you could describe it, but a guy in a dark tunnel-ish kind of looking room looking at writing all over a wall where there's like graphs and writing and lots of, lots of things. I mean, like I said, this, that typical middle of the trailer montage where you're not really sure what you're seeing, they're just throwing a lot of stuff at you. Yeah, that one, that shot kind of interests me. The mystery of whatever is going on there got me. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's Dumbledore, but I don't think that's his yeah, writing on the wall. it looks like the same hat. So, my guess is that uh, that's Grindelwald's formula to obtain the power from the Obscurious. Ooh, okay. Like a way to harness it. I like it. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, there's a lot more, like, I, 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 I'm kind of curious as to what the people floating in the bubbles are, but... I think I'm, my my guess would be that that's probably not that significant. It's somewhat, you know, just related to like maybe it's like a wizarding circus, you know, it's their version of that, and uh, maybe it's not that significant. Um, Pickett uh, makes a cameo. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Pickett the bow truckle. I'm assuming it's the same one from the first movie. Um, so we know he's around. Uh, and then after they kind of throw all that at us, um, I think then it kind of gets in into like that third act, you know, culminate the tension part of the trailer where, uh, and Brian, uh, uh, Mike, I think there's something you brought up earlier about like, will we potentially see Bobaton's interaction if this is, you know, taking place in France? Um, so you see two people, uh, who are helming a Thestral drawn flying carriage. And we've seen Thestrals before. The only time we saw a flying carriage, however, was when the Bobatons folks arrived to Hogwarts in Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire, yeah. Um, and then as, as the people are leaving on that Thestral flying carriage, there are two other people. It's real quick. I didn't notice it until like the third time around. There's two people that are following them on brooms. Brooms, yep. So were we I mean, able would... to discern who those people were? I thought it was too quick for me to see. I only watched the trailer once though. So, so as it, as it goes and then it, 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 I think combined with that and then something that closes out the trailer, I think, I think the two people on the Thestral carriage are Newt and his brother. I'm going to tell you right now, I managed to freeze frame right on them. Okay. Um, they're not. It looks like the two people on the carriage may be Bobatton's guards. They're wearing matching clothes. Okay. Um, and they have a very Bobatton's kind of short cloak feel. Like the cloak stops at the elbows kind of thing. Okay. Going on. So it has a very Bobatton's feel and color, like a like the type of color you would expect the men to be wearing at Bobatton's as opposed to the blue. Oh, it's more of a like a grayish color. Yeah, and if they were guards at Bobatton's, I suppose because it's an all girls school, presumably, since that's all we ever see of Bobatton's. Yeah, that's all we ever know of Bobatton's. Um, well, it is in in the books. It's described as a co-ed school. Because there are in the books it is, yes. but in the movies it's just, you yeah, never it's, see women, yeah. So it, it it's a manner of which one you want to take is they're following, but at the same time they're wearing matching, very Bobatons esque stuff. Okay, and you know I might be with you on that because the next image that it pours into is the first shot that we really good shot that we get of Johnny Depp as Grindelwald at this point. And it looks like they're inside that flying carriage to me. Again, could be creative cutting, but I think maybe the people flying behind them mm-hmm. on the brooms it looks are like the, a carriage. yeah, it's the security guards. It's the people following them en, en route to wherever they're going with their prisoner. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. I like um, that. What, after I was not a fan of how Johnny Depp looked in those closing moments of the first Fantastic Beast movie, I thought the, the, the choice of, like the shaved head and the little like slicked hair, and he was so washed yeah, out. The hair, the haircut did. Hair, yeah, yeah. I, I was not a fan. So, like a couple years later, he's maybe been in prison for a little while. Um, what do you guys think of this like fleeting shot we get of him? We, are we liking this better? Vast improvement. Honestly, I love it. He looks like he could be a Pirates of the Caribbean villain for himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the next one. You know that, right? He's going to play like three parts, three different parts. No, I'm joking. Oh, but that, man. I Jack Sparrow surprised. versus he, Evil he Jack. Do it, <laughs> Not even Evil Jack, but just some, some foil to himself. Naked yeah. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so so actually that that part of the trailer is where I think it leaves off the most interesting part um, that we'll you know maybe be able to kind of sum up the discussion with. Real quick, Josh, before you get into the last shot. Yeah. The one right after Grindelwald in the carriage. Yeah. Shadowy shadowy setting of Newt and Dumbledore. I think that coincides with the the Illuminator. How's real foggy? I'm playing it. I'm playing it. Okay. Oh, is it like talking in the fog? Yeah. So when they were taking out the lights and we saw two figures, um, I think this is more confirmation. These are the two figures that are in that shot. Oh, okay. That those are connected. Okay, I could buy that. And, and and I'll also say they don't necessarily look very friendly together in that shot. Looks a little tense. Like the look that yeah, the look that Newt's giving him is more of one of contempt than one of friendship. Okay. Well, if the, if, the di- if the if the voiceover is what is happening in that scene, then Dumbledore is telling him to go after Grindelwald. Yes. So for and, a person and... that may not be very confrontational, that's probably not <laughs> news you want to hear. And th- this, I think, is a very key point that I did not think would be included. Um, so the, the right after, as he's finishing that, that, that voiceover and, and, and speaking to, to, to Newt, it then goes right to a scene where, and I think this is Mike, where you thought was at Hogwarts later, you see the two people kind of doing, yeah, that's this, the like, one I thought. Yeah. This like, I don't say like fire move by any means, but they, they do this really cool looking thing with like, they're they're side by side. They got both wands. Looks they like they're putting up a barrier. Them. Yeah, they jam them into the ground. Um, it looks really sweet. Those I think definitely. Well, obviously it is Newt there. I think the other guy is his brother. Um, Fair enough. I can see that because he's mentioned in the previous movie. I know he's cast in this movie, and I know the actor who's playing him, and he looks very similar to that actor. So I'm going to assume it's the two of them that you see there. Now, what I thought was the interesting point was Dumbledore telling him, "I can't go after." Uh, Grindelwald, you have to do it. Now, uh, yeah, why, why, I, we know why he's saying I can't go after Grindelwald, and I don't think the rest of the world knows. This is the point where I think not only do they not know that they know each other, they definitely don't know the relationship that they had, or even the relationship that Dumbledore, like the, the feeling that Dumbledore had for him. So just to re- recap, maybe from a prior discussion, after the, the, the last Harry Potter book was released um, and everyone knew the final story, JK revealed at like a Q&A type of thing that Dumbledore was a gay man and he had romantic feelings for Grindelwald. During their teenage years together, he never basically fell out of love with him. And that is the reason that when the wizarding world was begging him to stop Grindelwald from what he was doing to the world, Dumbledore resisted because he couldn't bring himself to face this person that he never really let go of these feelings for, even though he knew everything the guy had been doing for decades. See, I didn't know that. That's news to me. Yes. Um, it's not part of the books. It never, it, it's, it's just one of those things well, that you, it, you know, if you're into this stuff, you you learn it through like extended universe crap and interviews and and all that sort of thing. So my question would be: Is it pretty selfish of Dumbledore to send the magical zoologist after like the 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 pre Voldemort? <laughs> I, I mean, I also think that he also is yeah, like he's very aware <laughs> that Newt is much more than a zoologist. Uh, th- like, that he's he has much certain capabilities, but than a zoologist. But if I guess if if the world 
sees you, Dumbledore, as the most powerful and the best option to, you know, go after the Hitler, so to speak. And you're like, yeah, I hear you. But you know who's also really good? My friend Newt. So there's got to be somebody in between there that you know he could recruit, for instance. So I, I this is going to bleed. Oh, sorry, sorry, Andy, you you go ahead because I have a, a big prediction. Go ahead. So in the trailer, does it does he actually say you need to go after Grindelwald specifically, or does so he, line, or does he just assuming, say you need to go after him? He says, and I wrote it. I wrote it down. He says, "I can't." This is Dumbledore talking to Newt. And even though it starts as a voiceover, then you get the scene of them speaking to each other. Then it finishes with a voiceover. The line he says, "I can't move against Grindelwald. It has to be you." Oh, okay. And he's saying that to Newt. Okay. And then that's when you get the shot of him and his brother doing whatever they're doing. That it, yeah, I agree with Mike that it looks like they're trying to put up some kind of barrier of 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 some kind. It looks to be that's some kind of confrontation, whether it's with Grindelwald or or something else. But so I'm, I got a theory. Yes, shoot. Um, when the, when Dumbledore's getting questioned, depend, this could just depend on when they put this scene of Dumbledore talking to Newt. Yeah. Let's say that opens the movie. So the uh, Ministry of Magic or whoever is questioning Dumbledore says that they are looking for Newt, who is working under Dumbledore's o- orders. Could this be the order that Newt goes after Grindelwald, fails, and because he tries to take out a prisoner, something like that, and fails, that maybe they're after him now? Potentially. Um, one of my predictions, or or at least I think has a strong possibility, I don't... Now, Newt, Newt does have children eventually. Um, in the lore... I believe Luna Lovegood ends up marrying his grandson. Um, so he has children and he he has a family at some point. I'm wondering, I don't think Newt makes it out of this alive. Maybe this movie not or the maybe series. The series. At the very least the series. And I and potentially maybe his death is one of the catalyzing things depending on how long that takes. Maybe that's one of the catalyzing last things that causes Dumbledore to say, I can't ignore this anymore, I need to step up. Okay. That's fair. Um, one thing that I'll say since I know we're going to lose Andy soon, but uh, I'd like to get his perspective on and all of yours, um, that we're not necessarily addressing here that perhaps needs to be addressed is the Deathly Hallows. Um, now, if you pause this trailer at the right time, you can see the mark of the Deathly Hallows in the smoke and fog and whatever you want to call that magic. I was pretty proud of myself that I my recognized that moment. when I watched the trailer. I um, think that was my favorite little quick moment of there, the, the it, use of that. It's, it, right, and it's just a flash. Yeah, it's right at but the end. it's telling you it's at Dumbledore like and Grindelwald. Have... 143, I think. 142, 143. Yes. Well, 143 is where I paused it. Yeah. Snagged it. So, the two of them, at this time and for a long time, were involved in that hunt for the Deathly Hallows. Yes. Um, we we know that Dumbledore actually eventually gets the Elder Wand from Grindelwald. 
who at this point I would say not only has it already, but has had it for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. The things we don't know is how long Dumbledore has had the Resurrection Stone. Um, because he gives it to Harry. He doesn't. We don't know. He doesn't find it until right before Half Blood Prince, because he finds it in the Gaunt's shack when he's going around looking and tracing Voldemort's history. Oh, that's true. And we also are led to assume that Harry is a direct descendant of one of the Peverell brothers. Right. Ignatus, right? Yes. And that's how he winds up with the cloak. Right. Is that it was passed down through time, just through in family. his family, all the way down to him. So at this point, but his grandfather or great-grandfather confirmed. would have it. Yeah. Right. But, but that's what I mean. Like, it's assumed, but not confirmed. Sure. But that also means that in our search, because Grindelwald obviously is going to break free from his captivity at some point, mm-hmm. in his search, we may see a Potter in these movies. Ooh, okay. Uh, I like it. And that was one thing that struck out to me is if they're going to show him searching for the cloak, mm. can he figure out that a Potter has it? Hmm. So maybe Harry's grandfather? Maybe yeah. the Harry we see at the very end of uh, the eighth movie. At the very end of Deathly Hallows Part 2. Maybe they do him up a little bit more to look a little bit older and they throw him in there for the hell of it. Oh god, did they have Radcliffe do it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that that would pull everybody out in an instant. Yeah, it would. It'd be funny though. Um, but no, I like the idea of integrating the Hallows tangent of it in some kind of way and and it, it intersecting with his ancestry in some way. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we never actually got is whether or not that ancestry, I don't believe we ever got it, whether it was to Potter or whether it was to Lily. Uh, Lily was, it was Potter, because Lily was Muggleborn. Oh yeah, that's right. She was the first. Okay. That's why they that's why they didn't qualify it as one or the other. Because <laughs> they didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So Got it. But uh No, that's that's all great. Uh and, and Andy, I know you gotta get going. Uh any closing thoughts or theories that you want us to harp on for a while? No. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh was a, a lot of the ideas you threw out like i don't even if they don't make that version of the movie i think we should figure out how to do it ourselves because those are really good <laughs> now you've just ruined it for josh if they don't do those in the movie he's gonna be real upset <laughs> yeah now now yeah I, now i've created an artificial source material yeah going on oh, they did you know what they didn't they changed it from the from, from the book is <laughs> <laughs> this trying to predict what was gonna happen no it was good those those are excellent points it's way way better i i just I left. I had so much of myself see. Like I, I was taking in what I was seeing, but I'm honestly, it's weird. I'm trying not to think about it too much because I, I, I almost don't want to create what I want to happen or what I think is going to happen right, because, because I'm they, going to make these these benchmarks. Right, and then you know, you'll I, have I, yeah, you'll have um, expectations, and sometimes when things don't meet your expectations, you feel very um, let down. <laughs> So, but sometimes see things... the last Jedi and all the butthurt fans. <laughs> yes, yes. But then sometimes things exceed 
expectations. Yes, but it's 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 that's, it, an that's, that's a very very um, or a newt frail seesaw. I want to say or or uh, um, that's not the right word, but you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's great. I actually, I don't. Do you guys have any other? points or tangents that you wanted to go on otherwise we actually might be able to wrap it up uh i got nothing Not else I could think of. awesome uh i mean like i said i'm gonna probably i'll i'll watch this like 10 more times but i'll <laughs> probably try to avoid like long long form trailers um, every time josh needs his fix he just fires this up again yeah like and honestly like that'll kind of satiate me um and now you know, now I have to wait until November, so I got another, you know, it's like reset the clock. Like, Avengers was, like, four to five months to avoid, and now it's, like, eight until November 16th. Yeah, it's well, like eight, I, or eight I, months I've got day. a good plan for you to get you to Avengers. Every time you get that feeling like you want to watch the Avengers trailer... Slap yourself in the face. A, <laughs> well, well or what, what, there's that. I was going to put on... Watch the Harry put, Potter trailer. Yeah, watch this one. <laughs> Just watch I, this one I, every time that comes up. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that Mike is a little bit more my friend right now. But, uh, <laughs> Negative reinforcement, it was. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad. I know we haven't really done Potter news and discussion in a long while, and I'm glad uh, it's actually got a lot more in-depth than I thought it might, but I think I got my fix for, for quite a while, so I hope everybody enjoyed it and yeah it was fun hairs start you know start the countdown till november I told you we always come into these trailer sort of breakdowns it's like oh we're gonna do it for like an hour we we won't talk more than an hour <laughs> two to three hours later we're like what the fuck just happened i blacked out <laughs> so yeah this is this is no different um frank the tank moment yeah but if we're done i'll, I'll close this down with the normal shit Yep. And uh, so, yeah, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show, wherever you decide to listen to us, even if it's not iTunes, anywhere else you find us. Uh, you can always find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy and Super Friends or go to Facebook.com slash Bry Guy Super Friends. And, 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 and don't forget, once the episode posts on Facebook in the comments section, if you can identify <laughs> my opening line, please do. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I, I, I will make good on this. If you know it, and if you identify it, again, uh, honor code, if you know it and you get it right, I will buy your ticket for Fantastic Beasts. Oh, shit. Damn. There's an the incentive. The gauntlet has been thrown. So get get on the social media for the page, interact, and there's there's a, a carrot on the end of that stick for you. This is where we actually find out if people actually listen all the way to the end of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> if they stopped halfway through, they will never get this little carrot. It's like in college or something when that like one professor in a million gives you that syllabus and the last line is like, bring this to me at the beginning of, like, bring this to my office and you get five bucks. Yeah. I think you should preface it by saying the first person to get it right, you'll buy their ticket. Rather than um, just saying, I'll buy your ticket. Cause yeah, yeah, once okay, the first okay. answer one is up there, comments. everyone's just going to keep posting. You're going to owe everybody like <laughs> That's $5. True. That is a good point. All right, so I, again, Mike's my friend. He's looking out for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let this roll because I don't think we're going to get any comments. So. <laughs> that, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, if you're, if you're the first, and I, I, spo- I, disclaimer, you can't be my wife because i know she knows the answer and, and you're gonna buy her totally ticket, anyway. buying that it's, ticket it, anyway yeah, it's both of our money anyway so it doesn't matter so anyone else other than my wife uh i will i will i will cover your movie ticket 
Fair enough. Yes. Even if it's D-Box? Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so speaking of the Facebook page, you can send us questions, comments, topic suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, email us, bryguysuperfriends at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at BGSuperfriends uh, there. And that should wrap it up. On behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Obliviate! Ha 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 ha!